Uh, that's what I've heard secondhand. Uh, so really, it's have you been to a high-risk area and are you a high-risk person? Um, and uh, this travels through the air. The benefit of this is uh, we're going to, we're going to help a lot of people that would have gotten sick with just the flu or other commons because they're high risk for more than just COVID-19. Um, good news. Um, Mississippi is a low risk area. Uh, there was a guy in Hattiesburg uh, down there uh, that forced, uh, that stayed home. He, he, he traveled to Florida and realized he probably has it. Uh, it's going to slowly, we can't stop it. Uh, like the flu, we can't stop but what we can do is say, okay, there's common sense things. They're probably going to be a little too severe at first, just until we understand it more. Uh, so right now, the high-risk areas, have you? and I'm sure no one's done this, have you traveled to northern Italy? Have you traveled to South Korea or China within the last month? Um, and if you have, then, then just for our safety, you're asked to quarantine. So in those areas, Seattle, Washington may be added to that list. Uh, they're... They're taking some some air, some caution. Mississippi's not even close to that, but it'll be a little bit like a weather forecast. Forty percent chance of of illness, so stay home uh, in certain areas. Those are potential high risk areas, and then the whole world is working together to define uh, who the high risk people are. Um, and uh, and the beauty is that we're going to save lives just because we're following health protocols. It's a perfect example of. Let's review the health protocols. Let's stay calm and let everybody know it's going to be fine. You as men, uh, we're wired to protect, uh, to be uh, the voice of reason. And so that's a masculine gene inside of you. And so uh, I know you guys are going to exercise and flex that muscle. Um, and just let everybody know you'll probably be asked to listen to some people and, and calm them down. That's fine. Uh, and... And just remember, the we're going to check. And last point, and we could talk about this all morning, but um, last point is if we are called to like, hey, we might be becoming a high-risk area, we're going to take some extra safety protocols, all that we're doing right now can be seen online. So there may be a potential thing to where we say, hey, we're going to do men's roundtable online, which you're already doing uh, for a week or two. Uh, you have to go to menstable.com, uh, depending on what the state health board tells us to do right now. Thank God we're in the suburb of the of the America right now. We're not, you know, we're very very low risk, and I'm 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 happy about that. But we're gonna we're gonna be wise and and kind of just follow protocol. Um, so just uh just keep that in mind. What are the high risk areas and who are the high risk people? Those areas will be monitored, and 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 that's really how to how to look at this. Who would have thought being last in Mississippi would be a reward? Guys, um, uh, I said Phil was supposed to be with us this morning, or Phil was not with us this morning. We knew that. Roan was supposed to be with us this morning. Uh, but Roan is not feeling well, does not think he has coronavirus, but he is not feeling well. And it's part of our own protocol. If you're not feeling well, please don't show up and get the rest of us sick. we got to work. we got to make a living. So with that, Jeff standing in this morning. But uh, if we got a, a video clip we're going to show now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. University basketball team. Okay, he's affectionately called Snacks because he always brings snacks for the team. But that all changed earlier this week, and here's why. Jackson State University's Thomas Snacks Lee has become an overnight MVP, the student manager for the school's basketball team since 2015. His dream came true during senior night this week when he got the chance to suit up. 
and enter the game with two minutes left. Lee took full advantage of his big moment by draining a deep three-pointer and setting the crowd wide. The video went viral overnight, reaching over 5 million views, with the highlight even appearing on SportsCenter and gaining the attention of the entire basketball community, including a shout-out from his favorite player, Kevin Durant. Right. He was... So I'm snacks today. <laughs> Guys, let me open a full word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, we thank you for those that are around us. We thank you for our families. We thank you for ceasefire. Thank you for the breakfast that was provided. Lord, thank you so much for Jeff for filling in this morning. We uh, ask that you be with Roan and also with Phil as he's traveling. God, be with each family represented here. In your heavenly name we pray. Amen. All right. So we'll try to follow the, uh, the same pattern that Phil does. Um, I identify with snacks. Uh, I was that guy. I wasn't the team manager, but I was third or fourth string, which is what we're down to today. Um, yeah. So follow with me as we read the, uh, the opening paragraph. Um, words translated as wilderness occur nearly 300 times in the Bible. Wilderness seasons are brutal, but God is powerfully at work in the wilderness seasons of our lives. The only question is, do we have eyes to see it? In order for God to give us a choice whether or not to trust him, he must present us with a moment of crisis. And since he wants us to seek help from him, he brings us through the wilderness to remove all other help first. When we're in a wilderness season, it's easy to lose sight of God's protection, provision, and preparation. We might even wonder, how can I trust God's goodness when I'm in this desolate place? But remember Jesus. He went through the ultimate wilderness, the desolation and humiliation of dying under the curse of God. Under the curse of God. If that is the measure of God's love and commitment to us, we can trust Him in our own wilderness seasons. Let's journey together. All right, so the topic today is be healed. And, and I have a, a, a spiritual gift that, uh, that I've learned from Phil. It's plagiarism. A lot of the material, uh, there was a uh, parish mission over in Lafayette, Louisiana at Our Lady of Wisdom, and Sister Miriam led it. Uh, she's done this for the last 10 years, and it's about the need to be healed. And I was preparing this talk for a week from today um, because Phil's out uh, this week and next. And then Roan was going to cover today, but Roan wasn't feeling good. But she, she, uh, she's very good. And, I, and after I heard it, I was like, you know, um, as a man and in and, and somewhat leadership capacity, limited, but somewhat... I need to be healed because of the impact of what it means when I'm healed, right? So when you're in the wilderness, um, it's one thing to understand that uh, as you are put into a leadership position, which you all are, uh, a father position, uh, the impact of your healing is is spread down through other people. So it's important. And I, I thought, you know, what, what maybe mandatory stuff we were talking about here recently, it might be mandatory that billionaires be healed or have therapy or have things to where they, they, the impact of their souls impact lots of people. Right. And so as a man, uh, in a similar way, your soul and the way your soul is healed, um, 
impacts a lot of people. So that when I heard that, I thought, well, that's that's worth sharing, and I'm going to plagiarize that and share that with you guys. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. And uh, but first, on that on that topic, we have a, a video, a music uh, video, and as Phil says, may you hear the voice of God. So here we go. Holy water, 
Stand firm in the faith, act like a man, be strong. The words from 1 Corinthians 16, 13, as Phil reminds us. Be strong. Uh, holy water. What is holy water? Holy water is the water Jesus is baptized in. Uh, and it, it is available to us as we become baptized. And it cleanses us and heals us. And that's kind of the topic of today. Uh, it is, a, it is a, a beautiful reminder that there are things that are deeper than the body that need healing uh, inside of us. And there's a, there's a person that can do that in the depths of our souls like nothing else can. Can re re bring renewal and redemption to areas that we knew before us dead, that were hopeless. Uh, his name is Jesus. And so, uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, try to keep the format almost identical to Phil's. But let's start out with three questions. Pick up your pen. Let's get to work. <laughs> As Phil says, I'm going to try to do a lot of those, those quotes, sound bites. Um, the three questions, and we're going to ask this to the person next to you uh, and take a few minutes to talk about this. What do you see as a man's duty in the wilderness? Your duty. Where we are right now. What part of the wilderness? What is your duty? Have you ever been hurt in the wilderness? We'll talk about that as much as we can, as much as you're comfortable to. And if the wilderness had levels, like we're experiencing now, from low risk to high risk, how many levels would there be? And have you experienced all those levels? Okay, let's take, let's take about five minutes and talk to your neighbor. So uh, let's continue that later. That's a great uh, discussion point, our journal. Uh, you may have some time to journal here in, in the near term, so journal that uh, it's good to have your own voice on paper to hear your own voice because ultimately our voice our deepest voice is the voice of, of God speaking to us that we hear and and I'm, and I'm comforted that we don't go to see people we don't go to see Phil we don't go to see me we don't go to see preachers or anybody like that we go to see Jesus we look to encounter Jesus and when you're with another man sharing things like that you encounter Christ it's a beautiful thing you hear the voice you hear the voice of Christ within that person it's a it's a beautiful thing so so continue that but I have a question two questions actually one if we're going in the wilderness and I mean literally the wilderness I mean like we're all packing up and going and hunkering down in the middle of uh, North Canton and just going to wait this thing out uh, we have some Eagle Scouts in the room or we have some people that are hunters literally if we were to go in the wilderness what are the top five things we would need so let me hear let me hear some suggestions. Water. Fire. Fire. Clothing. Clothing. Oh, Maslow's needs hierarchy of needs, right? Shelter. Mama. Mama. I need mama. Honesty right there. Who's gonna cook? All right, 
I thought of something, and I wish Jorge was here. No one mentioned. <laughs> Wait a minute, not just one. Dose. <laughs> and if y'all know, there's a joke with dose. Oh, here's my SARS mask. Uh, if y'all know the uh, the joke of uh, of Jorge, there's a whole joke with him, and, and they went on a men's trip, and he only brought two rolls of toilet paper. So, uh, yeah, anyway. So, toilet paper, maybe. And, yeah, we'll look at the craze going on around that. Now, so this is the literal wilderness. Now, let's look at the wilderness of the soul. Uh, the wilderness of the earth. Now, what are the top five things we need when we go into the desert, into the wilderness of the soul? What? Scripture. Scripture. Amen. Thank you. What else? Prayer. Prayer. Woo, y'all are getting me excited here this morning. What else? Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Community. Thank you. One more. Friends. Yeah. Community slash friends. What else? I missed it. What? Worship. Worship. Good stuff. Okay. Now that list may may expand a little bit. One of the things I've realized, and when I tell Phil who Phil is in the word pictures, is Phil is a guide. Phil is a guide through the wilderness, and he's good. He's been there. He's walked with men through the wilderness. I mean, complete lost. Don't know. He doesn't have it figured out, but he walks through the wilderness with them. And that's a gift. That's a muscle you flex. That's a muscle you flex through walking through your wilderness seasons. And then you have that muscle to help others. And most of it is listening. Being a good listener, being able to hear things that are beneath the surface. Right? Phil is has the art of listening. He has an endless well of empathy, too. I admire it because I have a limit. I could probably do deer camp for a, a maybe a year or maybe for two times, and then my well of empathy, I kind of have a limit. Phil doesn't. He's able to draw from that empathy. And by the way, what is the antigen for shame and guilt is empathy. So if you put shame and guilt in a Petri dish, this is taken from a lady that gives a talk on um, on, TED, on, on the TED Talk uh, about vulnerability, about how we're, as men we're and other people, we are so not comfortable with that, um, being vulnerable and letting someone have empathy for our soul. But it is literally the antigen for shame and guilt. That is one of them. Jesus is the ultimate. But, but other men saying, you know what? I don't look at you and see something terrible you know i see grace i see mercy that's beautiful when another man can hear you out not like phil says at deer camp not get up and leave you know we all kind of have that fear of like if someone really knew me right and so empathy is is an antigen all right so one of the books we're going to go over and jeff if you'll find that that book um on the on the sheet is a book by Bob Schutz. Uh, Phil has books that I recommend that he's going through now. There's another one I'd add to the list. This is about being healed. And a lot of what we're talking about now today will be referenced in this book. Um, 
this guy was a marriage counselor and a, and a counselor like Phil. And, um, and he, he pulled out one truth that uh, I, I think I'm going to try to live each day. Uh, Phil says to wake up every day and listen, which I totally agree. Listen, not just to the world, but listen deeply. Uh, hear uh, other people and hear God. Flex that muscle. So I'm going to try to do that every day. The other thing that I didn't realize, and I'll tell a short story here, is, is every day I need to be healed, which seems a little odd, doesn't it? Um, because when I was a teenager, I was baptized, and I dealt with that that once, and I've got that handled. Then a few years later, I needed to rededicate my life because the covenant that I set with God, I... I backed out on. Said, well, I'm going to get it right this time. Jesus healed me. Now I'm back at it. What I didn't realize is that is forgiveness and healing is a journey. Okay? Uh, it is a daily journey. And there are depths and areas of our heart that we have protected that need to be daily taken to Jesus. And we don't know how to do that. Um, it's interesting that we... We don't know how, and that's okay. You know, we're learning. We're disciples. We're learning. How do you do that? How do you pray? Like the, the men that walk with Jesus, after being raised daily by being taught how to pray as a Jewish man around Jesus, they asked the question, how do we pray? And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, haven't you learned that by now? You know, but that's an honest thing. I don't know how. I don't know how, God, to pray. I don't know how to find you sometimes. Um, sometimes it's, it's very difficult for me to do that, okay? So let's look at that. Let's turn to the first slide, and you can start filling in the blanks here. So a contract, uh, the difference between a contract and a covenant. A contract, if you've worked in a legal capacity at your company, is a paper, signatures, and a lot of terms. And it's about the exchange of goods. I'm going to do something, you're going to do something, and we're going to mitigate all risks. And in the case of this happens, we're covered. We do a great job of that here. Uh, and I've learned a lot from people in the legal field of like, protect your company, you know, financially, legally. Uh, if you're in a business, even small business, a contract. What's the difference between a contract and a covenant? A covenant is an exchange of people. Much different. A soul to a soul, right? This is saying I'm yours and you are mine. Marriage is not a contract. Some people like to reduce it to that. It's just a piece of paper. It is not. In the eyes of the government, maybe it is. When you get in a courtroom, maybe it is. And uh, I feel empathy for those that have gone through those those proceedings. And I, you know, can imagine. You know, I cannot imagine what that's like when you when you're when you're going through that. But a covenant is an exchange of people. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Sound familiar, right? We've heard that before, the wilderness. Um, so this quote I love, and Sister Miriam referenced this, and I'll reference this from Alexander Solzhenitsyn. The dividing, the line of divide, the line, I forgot that, the line, you can add that to your notes. The line dividing good and evil passes not through the states, nor between the classes, not even between the Republicans and the Democrats, but right through every human heart. 
all human hearts, and even within hearts overwhelmed by evil, one small bridgehead of good is retained. That's the hope that we believe. The thief on the cross, his heart was overwhelmed by evil. At the last minute, he came to his senses like the prodigal son. There was one last hope for him. And good gracious, thank God he was right next to Jesus because Jesus said, you finally came to your senses at the last moment, right? Every evil person has that same person. The evil in us, the line, is in the middle of our hearts. And we have the capacity to do good. We have the capacity to do evil. Um, and when we do evil, there's pain and suffering and death. It is a virus. Uh, it has affected us. It is in our soul. It is in the soul of other people. And there's people that we've hurt. And that's okay because there is a there is redemption to that. We'll talk about that. Um, the next one is it is for freedom that Christ set us free. What is freedom? My son's here. One of his favorite movies with Mel Gibson and Phil has referenced it several times. Braveheart, that cry from the soul as he's dying is, "I will die for freedom." I and we. What is freedom? We're free in America. What is freedom? Freedom is something much deeper than a contract on paper. Freedom is a covenant between he who holds my joy and he who holds my freedom. I can't self-generate that. That is given to me by God. So freedom is, is from Christ. And then I love this. I stumbled upon this right after that. Stand firm. Wherever you heard that before. And do not let yourselves be burdened by a yoke of slavery. One of the things that we come here every Thursday morning is, you know, my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Learn my ways, right? Jesus is saying, hey, there's a way to go through the wilderness, right, with me. I'm the ultimate God. You know, I said Phil was a good God. Jesus is the God. He went through the wilderness for 40 days. We're in Lent right now um, before Easter. And uh, the idea is to kind of walk with Jesus through that wilderness. He did it perfectly. We do, we do not. Uh, but understand how were you pushed, Jesus? How were you pushed? And how were you tempted? And how am I tempted? And how am I going to get ready for the miracle and the redemption of Easter? How can I re-experience that? You know, what is the wilderness? There's a whole long thing on that. So um, let's flip to the next one. Uh, we'll go to Matthew 18, 21 through 35. And so... Um, you can start filling in the blanks there, but I think one of the, in addition to one of the things that um, they asked Jesus, like, how do we pray? Um, Peter asked him, Peter asked a lot of questions, as you know. Uh, he, was, he, was, he, he had no filter, so he was almost like a child to where the filter between here and here was not that good. We've gotten good at that as men. Our filter between here and here is very good. You know, sometimes that's an art of politics, right? <laughs> of other things to where we, we filter what's in our heart. Uh, Peter asked, Jesus said, how many times do I have to forgive someone? And we're going to dive into this right now uh, and kind of go through this to uh, focus on this one area. There's a whole area of the wilderness, but we're going to focus through this one area. And Jesus asked, said, how many times? Seven? Like that seems fair. Right after the eighth time you do something wrong, I gotta let you go. You know who is my enemy? Uh, who has become my enemy on the eighth time? Right, 
And Jesus said, no, no, Peter, uh, you've got it wrong. Seven times 70 or 70 times 77 or whatever that is. Uh, a lot more than you can count. Uh, you forgive. And why? Why? Because if we forgive someone, we're being vulnerable to hurt again. Right? That, that, that defies logic. That defies reason. Um, Jesus tells a parable of why you have to forgive people. Why it is not optional. Matter of fact, Jesus even tells them uh, before this, He says, if you do not forgive your brother, then I can't be reconciled with you. I can't forgive you and I can't be close to you. So the idea is if you still hold on to resentment, hold on to that control, I can't bring you eyelash to eyelash. That means reconciliation. The, the, the Latin word of reconciliation literally means face to face with God, eyelash to eyelash, butterfly kisses, intimate, right? I can't get that intimate with you when you're holding on to that from your pain your brother called. So lay that down. Well, I don't know how, God. Like, I don't know how. Well, he's going to teach us. He's a, he's a guide through the wilderness. So he teaches us with the parable. Uh, let's look at um, Matthew 18, 21 through 35. All right. At that point, Peter got up the nerve to ask, Master, how many times do, do I must forgive my brother or sister who hurts me? Seven? Jesus replied, seven? Hardly. Try 70 times seven. And then he tells this story. The kingdom of God is like a king who decided to square accounts with his servants. As he got, under, as, as he got underway, one servant was brought before him who had run up a debt of $100,000. So uh, in, in the words, uh, in, the, in the Bible, it's a lifetime of wages. So your entire net worth for your entire life is his debt. You work for the rest of your life from cradle to grave. That's how much money that is. He couldn't pay, the, pay up, so the king ordered the man, along with his wife and children and goods, to be auctioned off to the slave market. The poor wretch threw himself at the king's feet and begged, Give me a chance and I'll pay it all back. Touched by his plea, the king had let him off, erasing all his debt. A lifetime of wages. The servant was no sooner out of the room when he came upon one of his fellow servants who owed him $10. In, in this example, it's, it's six months of wages. That's $10, not that today, but at that time, six months of, your, of, of, of work is what you owe me. You're, you're in debt to me that much. And he ran across someone who owed him six months of wages, not a lifetime of wages. And he came upon that person and he seized him by the throat and demanded, pay up now. Grabbed him by the throat. Said, I've got you and I'm not letting you go. Pay up. And uh, the poor wretch threw him down and said the exact same thing. The exact word for word thing that he had said, this other guy had said to the king. Give me a chance and I'll pay it back. But he wouldn't do it. He, wouldn't, he would not hear any of that. He had him arrested and put in jail until the debt was paid. He was sold into slavery to pay his debt. And when the other servants saw this going on, they were outraged and brought a detailed report to the king. The king summoned the man and said, You evil servant, I forgave your entire debt when you begged me for mercy. 
Shouldn't you be compelled to mercy for your fellow servant who asked for mercy? The king was furious and put the screws to the man until he paid his entire debt back. And that's exactly what my Father in heaven is going to do to each one of us, to you, us, uh, who doesn't forgive unconditionally to anyone who asks for mercy. Tough. Impossible. It's impossible. How do you forgive someone without the grace of Jesus Christ? You can't. It's impossible. All right, so let's look at the, the sheet. Forgiveness is a choice. It is not words alone. It is not condoning bad behavior. It is not letting someone off the hook. It is not skipping justice, avoiding the trial. It is not the same as reconciliation. Remember Phil says forgiveness is a onesie, reconciliation is a twosie. Two people have to be at that place to reconcile and get face-to-face and heal. One person does not even have to be sorry or they don't even have to be alive to forgive them. That's hard. Okay? Forgiveness is impossible without the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. Forgiveness is a heroic justice and a heroic virtue. So when you have someone grasped by the collar, this is a great video clip to show. We're going to show a video clip now of a man who was sitting on a ticking time bomb that would have affected the lives of other people. He had the power. This man is the brother of a man that was shot in Dallas, Texas. An accident happened. A lady that was a police officer was on her phone, coming home from work, um, went to her apartment, opened the door, saw a man sitting in, in her apartment, pulled out her gun and shot him in the chest. Except for it was not her apartment. Y'all heard the story? Uh, It was the apartment downstairs or upstairs from her. To make matters worse, she's white, he's black. She had posted some racial things on her Facebook account. This man, uh, this brother of this man is sitting on, he is the jury and the trial. There's a trial happening in this video clip. But this man has an opportunity just to, to light a ticking time bomb in Dallas, Texas. Other police officers would be hurt. Other innocent people would be hurt. People would be outraged. There was a chance to create a, a social media riot. But instead, this is what he did. Jeff, you play that video. I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. And... I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not gonna say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see I I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't gonna ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. 
because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not going to say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? Please. Yes. That was their mother that was that was weeping. Uh, Jeff, show that that uh, painting of the pro, the parable of the unforgiving servant. Yeah. So this is the story. The man that had the debt grasping the man who owed him one, and this was that man. Uh, he could have done this. He could have held on that for the rest of his life. He could have encouraged others to join him in that hate and anger and resentment. He chose not to. That's a man walking through the wilderness of forgiveness. Uh, what do we need when we go on the spiritual journey of the soul? Grace. We need something that's impossible outside of ourselves. Okay? And to make a little bit uh, light of it show the uh the video the the, the uh, clip of i mean the uh picture excuse me of inigo montoya right this is another example princess bride uh who was timothy who was he looking for the guy who had killed his father the six-fingered man and what did he say what did he say to the guy every time that he thought it might be him Stop. hello my name is inigo montoya you killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> so this is a humorous example of the unforgiving servant, right? I mean, gosh, it's his father. Are you kidding me? In the video, it's his brother. Uh-uh. Uh, C.S. Lewis says, forgiveness is a lovely idea until it's time for us to forgive something. <sighs> Impossible. Sorry, Jesus, I love you, but no thanks. Right? And the humor of this is, and the not so humor of this, it's good to look at this and see both sides. Is uh, he spent his entire life looking for the man, and what did he say for those fans of, of uh, Princess Bride when he had the knife to the father? I mean, to the guy that was a six finger man that had killed his father, had his knife to his chest, and the man said, "I will give you anything. I will give you my kingdom, riches. I will give you anything you want. What do you want? What did he say? I want my father back." Impossible. Your father's not going to come back. Impossible. 
And so we spent a lifetime of something that wasn't even possible. You know? The debt could not be repaid. I mean, there's no way you repay that debt of killing your brother or your father. It's not possible. Okay? So, um, let's look at the next slide. Uh, this one, yes. So, there's some quotes that help us guide through the wilderness. Uh, I love this. When Samuel was choosing David, speaking of leaders with their souls are in the right place, David, for the most part, in a very good way, his soul is in the right place. And God does not look at the things people look at. God has x-ray vision times a thousand, times a million. He doesn't see just the surface. He doesn't see just the human body. He sees the soul and the depths of the soul, the heart. And I love this quote too. St. Augustine is my favorite saint. He says, Men go abroad to wander at the heights of mountains, at the huge waves of the sea, at the long course of the river, at the vast compass of the ocean, at the circular motion of the stars, and yet they pass by themselves without even wondering. Your soul is a wilderness. It's worth exploring. It's a beautiful thing. There's a lot there. And the last one, but in the depths of my heart, I truly know that you, Yahweh, have become my shield. This is David. You have taken me you take me and you surround me with yourself. Your glory covers me continually. You lift my head high when I bow low in shame. Right? Some gods that have been through the wilderness. They're all in the Bible. Thank you, Jesus, for providing that. Jesus is the ultimate God of the wilderness. Find guys before you go in the wilderness. You get your provisions. Get a guide. Okay? Choose wisely. Surround yourself with guys that, that will be there. Um, what time do we have, Joe? Okay. Do we have do we have five minutes to go through something or does everybody need to go? We got we got five minutes? Wrap it up. All right. Um so let's let's go through this real quick and we'll end with this, okay? Uh we're gonna go through just a short, short, short uh guided meditation on forgiveness. And then and then uh if you need to go, you can you can watch this later or share this later. Um and we'll be done and wrap up with prayer. Okay. So if everybody would just kind of close your eyes for a second. Okay, sometimes we become angry, resentful, even at God. It's hard for us to even speak about that. God doesn't want to hear that. It'll be offensive. God wants that real conversation from your heart. Don't self-censor that. I ask the Holy Spirit at this time to bring to mind the one person that we might need to forgive today. Forgiveness is a journey. Today we are going to work to forgive one person and tomorrow it'll, it'll be another person or, or the same person again. It can be big or small. It can be recent. It can be a long time ago. So place that person somewhere in your mind's eye. It can be near or far away. I just want to ask you, what does it feel like to look at that person? Is it anger, disgust? Do you feel nothing? Just notice how you feel just looking at them. And take an account of what happened, a full account, the full story, how they hurt you. Put it all on the table. Be honest. How did it hurt? A full account. And if, you, if, you, if you're willing to take the next step, I invite you in the safety of your heart, in the safety of Jesus, to look at that person and tell them what they have done and how it has hurt you. Tell them the whole story face to face. Come, Holy Spirit.
We believe, at these times, we sometimes believe lies about ourselves. We, uh, Jesus asks you, do you bring any lies to our mind that this person has, has maybe caused us to think about ourselves? That I'm stupid, I deserved it, I should have known better, I'm alone, it's my fault, I can't change this, nobody cares. I'm not seen and I'm not heard in this place. Bring to mind any lies we have told to protect this pain. And as we surrender these lies to you, for each one of us, speak to the truth, Jesus, of who we are to you. Speak the truth, even in this moment, in this pain, who we are. Even in our sorrow, in our humility. What do you want to know about who we really are to you? And the next step, if you're willing, bring that person with you to the foot of the cross. Anywhere. They can be far away in the field. They can be right there at the foot of the cross with you. Look at the face of Christ on the cross. For his face is one of immense kindness and mercy. He sees you. He sees you. Jesus knows how deeply this has affected you. He understands you. He knows the pain. He knows the sorrow. He knows suffering. But he knows redemption. He knows grace. He knows mercy. He loves you in his heart. His very soul is given to heal you. He knows the person that wounded you. Why they did you. Why they did not know what they did. And he loves that person too. And his desire is to bring healing to both of you and draw you both close to him. And my dear friends, if you're willing, take one more step as you look at the face of cross, uh, face of Christ at the cross, offering his forgiveness and mercy. If you're willing, would you be willing to ask Jesus to forgive that person? Would you would you be willing to do the impossible? Even amidst the pain, forgive that person. They don't know what they did. Jesus asked that you heal that person. I asked, would you ask Jesus to heal that person? Would you, would you surrender that person to God? Or could you, can, could you return to the foot of the cross tomorrow and ask again when you're ready? And lastly, if you're willing, could you bring that person to you and look at their face, if that's okay. If it's not, that's okay. Look at that person in the eyes with grace and mercy and the mystical power of Christ on the cross before you. Would you be willing to forgive that person? Today, through the power of Jesus Christ on the cross, can you say, I choose to forgive you? I choose to release my grasp on your collar, and I commend you to God himself. I want no ill will or revenge or uh, let go of resentment. I release any vengeance because God says vengeance is mine. Not vengeance is God alone, it's not mine. I choose to forgive you. Please heal us both, Lord. Jesus, we are here before you at the foot of the cross. I pray that the mercy and grace of your blood will pour over each one of us. Healing and feeling the void where the pain and hurt once was. Can I come back here and ask again for things that have been done to me and things I've done to other people? Can you redeem that, Jesus? The unspoken air of the hearts, the dark deep parts of our hearts that we're not even aware of. Can you heal that? I pray for healing of addiction, depression, anxiety, self-doubt, unbelief, lack of trust, even the healing of marriages, the covenant, renew the covenant. I am yours, God. You are mine. We are yours and you are our God. Open our hearts. Reunite us and reconcile us to you. Parents and children, grandparents and all families. I ask God that you make men's roundtable known as a place of healing and restoration. Uh, Lord, I ask that you reveal and make your heart 
known here and make our hearts known here. Thank you for your patience. You're always willing to wait on us to bring us close to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. See you guys next week. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs>